4: Green? Yep. Al Green, throw some hot grits on him. <laughs> I was going to ask these two, do they ever know the story about Al Green? No. <laughs> he was in the bathtub, pissed off his woman, and she threw hot grits oh, on him. Oh,
5: yeah.
4: <laughs> he Al got the hot, hot grits <laughs> on his chest. Ow. That, pretty happy there. That, that's not a urban myth like the... Out dying on the yeah. Ohio player covers.
1: Oh, she got killed on the roller coaster.
4: <laughs> oh, well, apparently, like every time there was a woman on any
1: cover or like doing backup vocals or anything, everyone always thought they died for some reason. Yeah, they did. They always thought that. People are increasingly taking Uber instead of ambulances to get to the hospital. New research suggests. <laughs> huh. Just, you know how much an ambulance is like $3,000 a block now. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, but it can also, you know, get
1: you to the hospital pretty quick.
0: Yeah, you much could live.
4: faster. And if something goes wrong, they probably can help you. Yeah, if you're having a heart attack, call
1: an ambulance because they can, you know, restart your heart. <laughs> right. I hope this guy does not have a daughter. Who is that? Uh, for a non-peer-reviewed research paper released Wednesday, economics professor David Slutsky. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> I really hope he doesn't an- have a Amber daughter. Amber Slutsky. Amber Slutsky. <laughs> Uh, uh, Dr. Leon Muscatel.
5: You're, come on, <laughs> now you're making it making up. These uh, up. Now you're making these <laughs> names up. Slusky and M-
1: M- Muscatel. <laughs> Looked at an ambulance uh, usage. You look at ambulance usage in 766 U.S. cities upon the arrival of Uber from 2013 to 2015. Slusky tells the Mercury News that when Uber came to a city ambulance usage, dropped at least 7% using the most conservative numbers, Muscatel. Says, you don't know me. No, no, no. <laughs> says they expect it to increase to 10 to 15 percent as Uber continues to expand as an alternative for people. Uber is not necessarily thrilled about this development. Uber is not a substitute for law enforcement or medical no. professionals. No. Spokesman, uh, Spokesperson Andrew Hasman.
4: Now it's Hasbin Muscatel and and Slusky.
1: I'd
4: and <laughs> <laughs> ah. somebody be. But one time I was at Boynton Health Service, which is on campus. Uh-huh. And I went in because, you know, I have uh, reflux.
1: Acid reflux is one yeah. of the worst.
4: And um, I wasn't taking care of myself like I should have, but it started to morph in like to chest, real severe chest pain. Oh, yeah. But when I went in and told him, I said, I need to talk to my doctor because I know it's the reflux issue.
1: Because you was slusky?
4: <laughs> and they just because i said chest pains oh god overreact. Oh, 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 oh no <laughs> and the the kicker was they wouldn't and i'd said i just walked here from work i'm not having a big one they said no we have to take you have to go to the hospital uh. which and i'm not kidding you tom is across the street and around the block from the clinic that I was in. So a block and, they, and a half. they put me in an ambulance.
1: For a block and a half? <laughs> How to... much that cost you? I
4: don't know. I have my insurance covered. Oh, there, it did? But, okay, well, that's good. Cool. But I was like, are you serious? I was like, I, I can walk there. I, walk, I, I told them, I said, matter of fact, I just jogged eight blocks from work to over here. I'm fine. I know it's my reflux. Yeah. And then they were like, and it was on a Friday afternoon. They're like, "Well, you need. We need to give you a stress test. And if you don't have the stress test, then you have to stay the whole weekend until you oh, can have man. it Monday." <laughs> and I'm now I'm really getting stressed out because it's like I keep telling you people what it is, and I don't want to be here all weekend because I know what it is. And they wouldn't listen to me, but I got the stress test done in the eleventh hour before they. Had to come in and tell me I was stuck for the weekend. So
1: you were there the whole weekend no, because that, it was. Oh, oh just I got before.
4: Just before. Another so hour, lucky. there'd have been no technicians oh, and I'd have been stuck there all weekend.
6: Well, you know, another reason possibly for the uptick in Uber to the ER and hospital is just because remember they came out with that report. Even in Minneapolis, where you call 911, either no one would answer or it would take them way too long yeah. to get to your residence.
1: Yeah, that's true. Wherever
6: you need to be picked up.
1: It is unbelievable.
6: I don't know what happened. Yeah. But the researchers say Uber subbed for
1: amb- subbing for ambulances isn't always a bad thing. For people who aren't having a medical emergency, Uber- well, why would you need an ambulance then? <laughs> yeah. huh. If you're not having a medical emergency, why would you need an ambulance? I, got I need this a-
4: hangnail. <laughs> yeah. Right. I need a bambalance.
1: Bambalance. Hmm. <laughs> I remember my Victor Treadwell, my roommate up in Grand Forks, he used to dance through the house. He'd be dancing in the house. Shout him through the head. Here come the bambalance. <laughs> I was like, okay, Victor, settle down. Uh, Uber is a much more cost-effective option than an ambulance. We don't all need to fly first class all the time, Slusky said. It could also save insurance companies money to the point they might want to consider it advocating for ride-sharing apps. And using Uber instead of an ambulance would allow passengers to choose their hospital instead of being driven to the nearest one, according to Mashable. However, the president of the American College of Emergency Physicians says patients can't always be trusted to judge if their situation Mm -hmm. is an emergency or not. That is true. A paramedic has the uh, training and the ability to deliver life-saving care en route, he tells the news, where I really have a hard time believing an Uber driver is going to attend to you.
4: Yeah, I mean, that's just like a um, guy i worked with for years, Harry Broadfoot, over at the university. He was the he retired as the head equipment guy for Gopher for Hockey, and he... Um,
1: you don't want to sit down? i got
4: people coming in. We're distracted. And yeah,
1: a seat. good to see you. How are you?
4: And he um, he had a doctor's appointment the day before. Oh, And he um, what?
5: Your nephew works for on
4: the workshop. Oh yeah, right. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, he does absolutely. And so he he called the, the health nurse, and said, I you know I think I got gas or something. Can you help me? He said, I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow, blah, blah, blah. But, and she's like, what are you feeling? He described it. And she goes, hang the phone up and call 911. Or I'm when we hang up, I'm calling 911. He goes, no, I'm fine. I got a doctor's appointment tomorrow. Did he say his left arm was going numb and he was tasting copper? <laughs> no, he didn't say that. <laughs> That's nice. But she was, like, very adamant about call, call, call. And Harry wouldn't call. Hmm. And um so she called and Harry said he opened the door and there they were. And he opened a door and he said to the uh, to the attendants, they were like, Are you Harry Broadfoot? He said, Yeah, sit your ass down. They told <laughs> that's what they told him? Sit your ass down inward, word, because they were too black. Guys. No.
7: Whoops. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Extra
4: forceful. <laughs> right. And Said we got to hook you up to see what's going on. He said, "Oh no, I got breakfast cook, cooking on the stove," oh my God. and they're like, "No." He sent the other guy in there to shut it off. When they hooked him up, they figured out he was having a heart attack. Oh man!
1: <laughs> it Wasn't just that pork chop. Yeah, so,
4: well, no. He he was he had some bacon going on, but. Yeah, mm. they found out he was, he was having a heart attack and he had three stents put in.
1: Wow, unbelievable. That's a pretty bad one. We just talked oh, yeah. about the fact that they've done a study now that many people, up to 15% of people now, call an Uber instead of an ambulance. Oh, really? To really? get to the ambulance. hospital? Yeah. Oh wow. Because it's so expensive to go to the hospital in an ambulance. Oh wow. Yeah.
2: yeah. I know that one.
1: It's <laughs> calling an Uber to go. Yeah.
2: <laughs> That's actually a good idea. It I is, never thought of live. that. That's a great idea. What I should flip. have done that. I hurt my knee. You did. Well, how yeah, you I heard I was on one of those people mover things. You know. Oh yeah. And Segways? I fell over that. Yeah. Segway over in Santa Monica.
1: Oh, a Segway. Yeah.
2: And I hurt my knee. And I had it. And the ambulance bill was the worst thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. it was like you know two thousand dollars for the ambulance.
1: It a couple of G's, yep. yeah. Yeah, it's true. Like, What's that? You should have called Uber. I know. You called I'm Uber. gonna now. You or left. You should have just rode the Segway to the hospital. <laughs> yeah, at <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: all
1: get the Get back on that thing. I've never been yeah. on one of those. I, oh have,
4: no, you don't, don't, want it. don't want to do that. No,
2: you don't want tipsy. it. Tipsy, very tipsy, but also just yeah. they're there. I never realized. Yeah, when you fall. There's nothing to really no. grab you.
1: So it was very yeah. impressive, though, when I said, I've never been on an Uber. You kind of went, yeah, you don't want
5: to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I
7: didn't yeah. say it. You know
2: the guy that invented it died when he uh, went over a cliff on it? That's it, what I heard. No yeah. There's no brakes. There's, yeah. no There's, There's no brakes no on it. So yeah. he went over a cliff he on it? went him. over a cliff on it, yeah. And yeah, let's died. not
1: do that.
4: <laughs> no, no. Well, he
1: said it was going to change the way people get yeah. around forever. Uh-huh. Remember that?
4: Right. He was thinking mall cops. Yeah, that was a yeah, good baby. movie. I liked
2: Mall Cops. Did I you? thought that was good. I
4: funny. never
1: saw it. That was good. You never did? It was did. good. I don't, yeah, nice. No, I, are you not talking about Paul Blart? You're talking about a different... Yeah, show? Paul, yeah, Paul Blart. Blart. Mall Yeah, Mall Cop. yeah. yeah. I loved yeah. it.
2: I thought it was great.
1: Yeah, he's an interesting guy. Did Kevin James? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't know him all that well, but he's friends with Sandler, and he's... he's uh, Right. He's, uh, yeah. I don't, I, I've met him a couple of times. I don't really know him that well. So but, you...
1: By extension, do you know all these? People? That's yeah. the one thing about Sandler is he knows everybody. Yeah, yeah. he does. Yeah, He
2: Adam he's, Sandler knows, he knows really. Lo- he's loyal to a lot of his friends. He really is, absolutely very loyal. Yeah, so you
1: know, Rob Schneider was in it a while ago, and he just he loves Adam Sandler, and of yeah. course, Nick Swartz from
2: Minnesota. Hey, he, he's Swartz. your buddy, right? Oh yeah, he likes that. <laughs> i got to tell Swartz when I stopped in here. Yeah, you should. Yeah, because he's uh, a good guy. I Swartz like Swartz. Swartz is unbelievable. <laughs> he's, he, he loves Minnesota. He uh, loves Minnesota. Paul, I know
1: that. We yeah. used to go out, out to dinner with his brother, brother Johnny and his sister Rachel and his mom, and we'd all go out to dinner. <laughs> it would be unbelievable. <laughs> it's just that, but he is...
2: He is a funny guy, man. He
1: is a funny guy, but... Not all there. Let's be <laughs> no, honest.
7: Definitely. Let's be honest. it's <laughs> no, not all there. No, you
2: know? no. He loves Barney's in L.A. so much that he's there all the time. You know, and I, every time I go in there, he's in there watching the Vikings. Oh yeah. He gets very upset with the Vikings, like uh, and the Twins, and the Twins, mm-hmm. like to the point of like I'm a little worried. <laughs> like I get worried. Like, and you know, if he's watching the Vikings game, because you know I'm from Wisconsin, and he hates the fact that he hates the Packers. Uh, but yeah, then, but he's
1: friends with Aaron Rodgers.
2: I know. That's what I understand. It's You're weird. friends with
4: Aaron Rodgers, and you hate the Packers. That makes <laughs> no sense. Yeah, I don't get it. I don't get it. I uh, have a story for Kevin about his favorite, one of his favorite people.
1: Oh, I was just looking at the clock. Sorry for looking away from you, JV. But I was just thinking yeah. we should call Swartzman. But it's only like. The quarter after he's noon, <laughs> he's not awake yet. He's not awake. Yet. He's, not, he's not awake he yet. He took the so. leak yeah. at eight and then he went <laughs> back. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. Sorry, KB. Go ahead, sir. No,
4: it was. It's about his favorite person, Joel Maturi. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time I was in town, you were talking about yeah. Joel Maturi. By the way,
2: this is my friend John Sweeney. He went to high school with me. He knows Joel very well. Oh, too. Oh, so you yeah. know
4: Joel too? Man. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Well, he was our. I work over in the athletic department at yeah. the university, and yeah. Joel was my boss for a while. Well, Joel got fired. Yeah. He did. Yeah. How long ago? Joel got fired? Joel got fired. I know he got fired. Yeah, Joel got fired. The he only did. words
1: I ever said to him were FU. Did you know that?
4: No, oh, really? I
1: met him. <laughs> yeah. Coach Mason, the head football coach, introduces. He, gets, he does this one. Yeah, how are you doing? Oh! oh he gave me the look away handshake. I'm like, hey, enough, you man. <laughs> no way. You do that to people. What's
2: wrong
4: with you? Yeah. People? The look no. away. Yeah, yeah, good as So,
2: yeah, okay,
1: okay,
4: uh,
2: Joel. <laughs>
4: let me see. How many years since? About it's been five or five, six. About five years. Five,
2: six. That years. Then he had been fired. Then <laughs> he's been fired. Oh yes, yeah. It's been yeah. Been yeah a long that's five time. years. It yeah. was yeah. 2012.
4: Right, but <laughs> then they turned around and secretly named a building after I know. him on campus. It was Why unbelievable. Why secretly? Because the, the Board of Regents did it without – they didn't consult – they didn't even consult anybody in the athletic department. They, really? And it's a building within the athletic department. Sounds like they, somebody paid for that. I
1: don't know. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Was, was he the athletic director when that, when the assistant athletic director – she thought that uh, – No, he, 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 he wasn't. wasn't. What? <laughs> she thought that the Gopher baseball team, the men's baseball team, they wanted to build a new stadium for the baseball team. She said, well, why don't they just play at the women's softball field? <laughs> yeah, that 215-foot fence, yeah. that's uh that's God, crazy. they hit, a lot, of, <laughs> just a, they hit digger. a lot of home runs. man. <laughs> just yeah, going yeah.
7: yard every other guy. <laughs> yeah. every every guy.
5: When, when Kevin and I were in high school, Coach Macchurri was our dean of students at a Catholic high school. So is this yeah. over in, the, over in Ed, Madison Edgewood? Madison, Madison. Edgewood, yeah. 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 Okay. And so Coach's office was office 218. And every single morning at 8.05 on the loudspeaker, they would read every student's name who needed to go to 218. 218. Yeah. <laughs> And we were just at lunch with this guy, and we had a lot of Irish friends, right? So yeah. Farley, Healy, Sweeney, <laughs>
4: yeah.
5: every single every day. Every time, every
4: time. So, you'd yeah. go in there, what yeah. did you do? He would just yeah. let
5: us have it. Yeah,
2: He was uh, our, our dean of students and football coach and basketball coach at Edgewood. Yeah, when we were going. He was?
5: Yeah, and he was he, much uh, more intense back then.
4: Yeah, He was a pretty intense guy when yeah. was younger. He would go yeah. like
2: this with his hair yeah. a lot. You
5: know? Yeah, yep. He'd do this
2: with his hair yeah, a lot. Did, you know, he'd just pat his hair down a lot. Well, yeah.
4: By the time I met him, there was no hair there. <laughs> yeah. He
5: didn't do that. Yeah, there wasn't a whole lot. Do you no. remember when, in the middle of a game, your brother was on the ground and... Coach well, came out to see how oh, it yeah, was, and yeah. Chris says they hurt my feelings. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, the famous one was Maturi was coaching, and Chris wasn't playing at all. And he he went into the mud behind the bench, enrolled in the mud, so it looked like he could play. It was playing. <laughs> oh, he lost it. And so Maturi it. It it looked back and he saw Chris rolling in the mud. And he goes, good God, what are you doing over there? And he's like, I wasn't playing, so I wanted to make it look like I was playing. Chris
1: just told the truth. Yeah. we got to take a break. Be right back in two minutes, Tom Bernard Show. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. Up to Chuck Berry and said, "It's actually just reindeer, not reindeers." Well,
4: I'll I'll explain to you why Chuck said, "says it like that." I want to hear it. He's from St. Louis, isn't he? Chuck and I went to the same high school.
1: That's what I thought.
4: Not together. Not <laughs> no, the same No, because time. he'd be about a hundred. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he'd be about hundred years old if you were still alive. Right.
4: But. No, uh, we went to the same high school in St. Louis. Yeah. Which, Which one was, was that again? Charles Sumner High. Charles named, Sumner. Yep. Who was a anti he was a slave ab- abolitionist. Abolitionist. Right. Um, <clears throat> from Massachusetts. Try to say that. You're real really fast. doing it really an <laughs> abolitionist from you Massachusetts. All right?
1: <laughs> you know, before J B stroke
4: He <laughs> <laughs> had any bacon this morning? No, no bacon this morning. <laughs> but they um yeah, it was the. It is still up, the oldest all black high school west of Mississippi.
1: It's all black still, really. Mm-hmm. You know, I did notice then, one thing when they said that North High School is where, which is where I went, Minneapolis yeah. North. They announced that Minneapolis North High School is going to do the warm up on the, the field during before the Super Bowl. Minneapolis North High School's football team is going to go just for, I don't know, apparently they need to set up camera shots and all oh, that stuff. Oh, yeah, okay. So they need a football team on a field, in Minneapolis North is going to do that. There's not a whole lot of honkies on that football team.
5: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like they – zero. My kid goes to Breck, and we played him this year. Oh, yeah. they got a, So So whoever's running that program – Doing a great job. Yeah, 80% of the guys play
4: football. Right. Yeah. Like, it's just because, awesome. Yep. Because the yeah, parents want – Yeah, a great want, job. The parents want their kids he playing for it. I mean, how'd it go? It was good. It was good. <laughs> you all right? It was good. Everything it was, good. was good. You looked different. Yeah, my
5: bladder is the And bladder is just really <laughs> no, let but up. They, one of... so, but why does he say reindeers? Is that a high school thing? No, it's a St. thing. And also, Louis is there, a, is there any a... buildings in a high school named after Coach Machiri? <laughs>
4: <laughs> no. <laughs> okay, good. No. But, no, they, they want – parents in North Minneapolis want uh, – you, you hear I said North – I didn't north. say North. Yeah. You said North. I know. I you said always north. say North. That's where I went to high I went
1: to North High School. North. <laughs> exactly. Uh, oh.
7: north.
1: Should I tell Kevin my favorite part of going to North High School? <laughs> sure. The principal yeah. of the school. Like, it was, I went there, it was like 80% black, 20, about 20%, something like that. And so she decides she's going to make this big speech about, uh, about young uh, pregnancy. She gets up and she said, I would just like to point out to everyone here, I hope you understand that it takes two to father a child. Yeah. I'm like, you know, in right. 10th grade, and I'm like, oh, well, I don't think so. Don't, I'm, I'm pretty sure that that's, that's not true. Yeah. Maybe then, that's in Health 201. Then they won a state yeah. high school basketball tournament, and they hung a banner up that said, congratulations.
7: Congratulations.
5: <laughs> well, they didn't win for grammar or spelling. Oh, that's exactly right.
4: Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> but I think okay. there's some... F- Either former Gophers or former Vikings coaching that team.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, and, what's his name? His name is Greg something, the head coach. He, he went to North High School, and his parents went to North High School. And he now uh, he does a hell of a job. But the, 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 yeah.
4: the parents over there want their kids playing for him because of the discipline and stuff that he installs in those young men.
5: I, I'm telling you, they, they beat us so bad, but... They won with class. Right. They they shook hands. Oh, they, that's great. He, he's putting in his fifth string because it wasn't a. It was a well-run operation. It was it was wonderful. It is the most fun I ever saw
7: having someone <laughs> kill your kid kick in kick football because <laughs> right. it was a good program. Why does he say huh?
4: reindeers? It's just a St. Louis thing to say reindeers to say reindeers.
1: Reindeer. There are many. Deer. Yeah. Chuck Berry was singing while you were gone, Kevin. Yeah. And he said, "Run,
2: run, run, all, run out of re- all the reindeers, out <laughs> of all the reindeers." Chuck Berry was a crazy person. Oh, oh, not easy to get along with. Have you ever met him? Oh yeah. Oh really? Who? <laughs> I heard he was a little prickly. Oh yeah. You
5: could leave the l y off. Yeah, he was a prick. <laughs>
2: yeah, good. I heard he was really a, a bad like. He would, nasty guy.
1: He would show up at the very last minute for his concert.
2: Yeah.
1: Walk in because he always demanded to be paid in cash. You could not pay him by check. Oh no wow. No checks it had to be cash. He'd yeah. walk in and go, "You're gonna have to pay me double."
6: No. And I said, way. "No,
1: we got a deal. We're gonna pay you, you know, ten grand or whatever it was." He goes, "No, it's twenty grand." No <laughs> then, way. He no, "No, it's ten grand." He goes, "Well, I'm not going on." Man.
2: No way.
1: Then he would make the people putting on the concert get him a band. He didn't want to get his own band. Oh wow! That's too much to go through. He would literally show up with two women on his, one on each arm. Wow! Go out on stage, play for like an hour, and then leave with all his cash.
6: Oh! Remember the story about his band on the bus? Oh yeah! And then he just stopped off on the middle of the road and who, you know, wherever, and the band had to get off. He fired them (laughs) right there. Right there. Get off 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 the bus. Oh! And you forgot to mention too that not only would he show up demanding double, he'd have a girl on each arm. You know what, yeah.
1: though, it would be great these wow. days with all the sexual harassment stuff because he's the one to put the cameras in the toilets yeah. there at the restaurant um, in St. Louis. Did in he? A, in the women's room. For, yeah. safe, for safety
5: reasons. Yeah, it's for safety, it's for safety reasons. reasons. What kind of high school did he you, did you go to?
2: <laughs> <laughs> Charles Barry.
1: You're Charles, Charles Barry. Oh,
2: you naughty little church. Naughty not boy. Not nice
1: at all. <laughs> Charles not Barry. Not nice at all. That's not all I have good. to say. Not good. Honestly, was it wonderful growing up in Madison? I did. We had a good time. I no, bet you it no. was fantastic.
2: Yeah, yeah. The best. It, it, you know, it was cold, obviously, but <laughs>
1: yeah, not like, I'm not like a here. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: But it was. I we had a blast. I forget. I think I take it for granted now because I've been around the world, been around the country a lot, and Madison is this nice. Yeah. You know, it's got two lakes, and it's like this nice little town with a you know university there. It was pretty quiet but nice. But yeah. Yeah,
1: but I mean, you, you get a couple tell. hours from Chicago. So who cares? And when that how far? Was, how far is it from Madison?
2: To Chicago? Yeah, two hours. Yeah, 200. about two hours. Yeah. yeah. But we were just discussing some of the guys in our class because we just met some of the guys. I just had lunch with them. Were the funniest guys, and yeah. we, you know, I've been around a lot of comedians, but these guys were actually hilarious. So we went know. to
5: this Catholic prep school, and about six of us, our dads graduated from that school in the '40s, yeah. and then oh, okay. we were all the youngest of. Catholic Irish families with more than six kids or so. Oh, yeah. And we were all in the same class. So the class of 84, it was bedlam.
2: It was pretty crazy. It was bedlam. bedlam yeah. just... like,
5: it was bedlam. It
1: was. was Going to Catholic school was a ball. Mm-hmm.
4: I went to, I it was went to Catholic fast. school. Did
2: you go to Catholic school?
1: Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 It was yeah. Great, great.
4: I experienced yeah. that. you know. I'm yeah. doing great. I'm, I'm from a Catholic family of nine. Yeah. You know, there was a couple of other families within our church. That would seem like they would match my mother would put a kid out at the same time so there yeah. was one of us and yeah. one of them in every you know yep. if there was one of us there was one of them in a class
5: yeah yeah you know, it's like it's the same thing you'd, lo- you'd look on the wall and there'd be oh there's your brother there's my brother there's your sister there's my sister <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the characters yeah, like we had a nun named sister alphonsine who almost yeah. was in the Olympics as a swimmer, then she yeah. became a nun, then she got cancer in her nose, so she sounded like she had a hair lip, but she didn't. Yeah. And so you couldn't understand what she would say, so she'd be like, Mr. Farley, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. what in the hell are you doing?
7: <laughs> a and lot. A She's lot. A She's lot.
5: always yelling yeah. at us and then always <laughs> at our ass. And... But she was a nice Yeah, gal. you know, you
7: could she always
2: go over to her and you know, she'd give you a break. She gave you a lot of breaks. She was so kind to us. But
5: I'm breaks. just saying we had a yeah. lot of characters. No doubt. Like, like no Coach doubt. Maturi.
2: Like Maturi Just was our guy.
5: Yeah. Just off the hook.
1: We had a nun named Sister Conchita, still to this day the only black nun I've ever seen. Oh, wow. She was my second grade teacher. Yeah. She yeah. would kick your ass. <laughs> she throw no stuff one's, at you. Norms oh, normally did. Wrap the hands with the. Ruler she throw the, the eraser deal. at
2: you. Oh yeah. I know. Oh, yeah. I always had the eraser oh, yeah. thrown at you me. Yeah.
4: You you see your <laughs> classmate
2: that had and it would leave a
4: big mark cracker. on your face yeah. or oh, on yeah. their back. Yeah. The big mark on your back. Yeah. see. They tossed erasers a lot back then. I, oh yeah. I, I uh, told Tom this story. I had a friend who was acting up in class, and big burly nun picked him up. You know those little those about knee-high metal trash cans they had in every Catholic school. <laughs> she yeah. picked them up yeah. and said, You're going to act like trash? We're going to treat you like trash. <laughs> 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 oh, <laughs> threw away. Put them in the trash can and told me he had to spend the rest of the class yeah. right there. <laughs> yeah. I got a great
2: maturity story with my brother, Chris. He was running down the hall. No, actually, the 218, where everybody... Yeah. With all the, de- you know, detainees. You know, the, the <laughs> bat, yeah, detainees.
5: For detention. Yeah, and, like, yeah, Maturi yeah.
2: had his hand on the door, and was his other hand, he was lecturing the crowd, you know, lecturing everybody going, you got to straighten up around here. <laughs> and Chris took all of his weight and rammed the door, because he didn't think Maturi was behind it. Oh, God. And it, it racked his knuckles, you know, and it, like, oh. Broke,
7: oh. broke his knuckles.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and so... Uh. Chris didn't realize Maturi was there, and he just goes, oh, my God. And he starts running down, and Maturi jammed his fingers, and he was red hot mad. (laughs) Red hot mad. And he was chasing Chris down the hallway, Chris ran down the back stairs. Finally, of course, Maturi caught him because Chris couldn't run that fast. And he pins (laughs) him up against the wall, and he goes... What the hell are you thinking, oh, got You start screaming at him, and Chris was so scared he farted. <laughs> really I love a and scared fart. He, he just goes scared fart. Brr. <laughs> <laughs> and Jerry starts to continue to yell at him. And finally, it smelled so bad. He goes, "Oh God, just get out of here!"
7: And he had to leave him.
1: What the, the hell?
2: hell? He scared well, him so bad.
1: Melina you don't have anything to edit yet, do you? Uh, I don't think so. I got to tell them, Mike, uh, because this is a terrestrial show too. It goes out oh, all over okay. the state.
2: Can't say but, that. I'm sorry. No, you can say Not whatever that. you want. Oh, okay. Oh, no, no, no.
1: That was. I was. I want to tell you something. He's going to have uh, to edit out. Oh okay. yeah. The innocence. The innocence of nuns. Oh yeah. Is phenomenal because, <laughs> I remember when we were in third grade, three of us went and hid out in the boys' room during assembly in the in the auditorium. Right? And even see that. So I mean, we're in third grade, little hoodlums over here in North Minneapolis, and. None comes in, and again the innocent part of it even struck me when I was that young. How innocent this woman right. was. She comes in. He goes. She goes. What are you boys doing in here? And this kid named Billy goes. I oh, were just fucking around. <laughs> And she goes, well, stop fucking around. No <laughs> no she, idea. Didn't she didn't know what it meant. Oh, she didn't no know what it meant. had no idea it That's awesome. Like, Whoa. She never heard the word. She had never heard the word before.
7: Oh, my it
6: God. Was
1: just
7: <laughs> <unbelievable>.
2: <laughs> Stop doing that. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Whatever, Whatever it is. is.
5: Stop Whatever it around. is, don't do that.
1: Don't do
2: that. Uh, oh, God. It was That was yeah, so I much fun, know. though. God it was it. because they were actually nice. You know, most yep. of them were nice. There was a few, you know, mad, mad nuns, bad, angry
5: nuns, but
2: most of them were nice. Most of them were very nice. Yeah, they were all, you know. But the
5: just, guys we went to school with—they're just crazy. I just yeah. forgot we didn't even talk about. It. Remember when Timmy went up to Miss Merton's and thought it was Carol Koala oh, yeah. and just at a dance and just grabbed both her butts and she goes, oh, "How are you yeah. doing?" And Miss Mertens was probably only thirty, oh, and yeah. she looked. And Timmy's really good-looking guy, right? Yeah, and she goes, "Not bad." Like, oh! <laughs> she was all in. She was all in. He was all in. English 101. I he did that. He did
2: that. But it was he never, one a day.
5: Yeah.
2: Uh, oh my God. Yeah. We did all. Dunner
5: and I baked brownies full of chocolate flavored axlax and gave them to the oh, to the 100. entire staff. Oh, we had a kid
6: do that in my school. I went yeah. to Catholic school as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you I, let funny. chicken
5: school in there, didn't you? Let we chicken... let 14 geese go. We let 14 <laughs> geese. Well, it's yeah. funny you
6: bring up uh, Breck, because I was in the same conference. I went to St. Bernard's yeah. before it closed. And, uh, yeah, we had a kid do that. And, boom, the whole class just, everybody's in the bathroom. Everybody back. had like, to go to the bathroom. Yeah, just... Wow. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well,
5: when you That's said the nun didn't know it, do you remember when Sister Kathleen got us all in the assembly because we were drinking so much? Oh, and we hung a... We figured out that if we could hang a half barrel from the rafter of the gym yeah. and the, the from the top of the rope to the ceiling and down was less than the <laughs> distance, they couldn't cut it down because if they cut the rope, it would fall. So they had to build a scaffolding. But she says, I don't want this school to be represented by a bunch of people who have to go to AAA. Because yeah. <laughs> like, we're bad drivers or we yeah. need the
1: trip <laughs> or... oh, Maybe get some traveler's checks, yeah. you know, whatever you need. Nice it all works, out in the, all works out in the end. <laughs> Honest to God. It, it, it was a great life. And I do miss, you know, yeah. what? we talk about, I'm not a real religious guy. But I really still love the Catholic culture. Yeah. It's the culture of being uh, a Catholic. It's like I being do. a Jew. Yeah. It's the same yeah. thing. You Give know, a you shit about people. You. Try to be nice mm-hmm. when right. you can. Right. Right. We
5: never
2: had any of the, uh, like, a bad priest or anything like that. No, I never, we didn't no. either. I we never ran either.
4: into that. I never had yeah. any of I that. I never did either.
2: No, and I was been, you know, Catholic schools we my We had own.
4: a questionable choir director. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> so <did we. laughs> That's like a great name for a book. A questionable choir director. And he was also the director of the altar board. Yeah, no, well there you no. go. That's he is
1: questionable, questionable. Andy will tell you something that people do not know: the stats on on priests molesting oh, yeah. little boys. A priest is less yeah. likely to molest someone than an average person.
2: Oh, is that yeah. a statistic? Yeah, yeah. Yep. it's it just. That, Where did we find that statistic? Priest well, Taylor. When they- <laughs>
5: Yeah, the priest, <laughs> monthly, priest, priest to pick you up. <laughs> <laughs> When they looked into it, and they thought, yeah. well, it
4: was just, but that basically
5: true? the story yeah. was the cover
1: up, but people took that to mean for some reason and that old. priests all over the place were molesting
2: kids. But <clears> yeah. When well, reality, Sinead O'Connor really blew the whistle on that yeah. too, on SNL, and she ripped up the, pope. the Pope's picture. Yeah. Uh,
5: What'd uh, your brother do then? Oh, he
2: wasn't <laughs> on there then. But on did not he get there, all no. pissed off though? Yeah, he got mad at her. Yeah, Yeah. he was
1: mad at her, yeah. We will be right back. Kevin Farley is at Cinema Grill tonight and tomorrow night. It's a great room. Yeah, I love it. I love the room. It's a wonderful spot. John's with us as well. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard show.
0: We have been presenting offers
2: for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our Guaranteed Offer program, especially
3: how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences.
2: So this program is for all
1: price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes?
2: Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislandell.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our Guaranteed Offer program? Find out now.
1: We are back. When, oh! Can't sing over that. Oh, he's over there making the sign of the cross. I
7: like
1: that. Isn't it funny, John, how you can always tell if somebody is Catholic or not in, in a movie? Because right. they make the sign of the cross and it's like...
7: Yeah.
6: yeah. <laughs> what, is that?
1: It right. what is that supposed <laughs> to be? I was thinking that is he just letting it ring and ring and ring? Yeah, I'm leaving a message. Yeah, leave a message. Let him get off his ass. He's probably not awake yet. Like I said, it's only like quarter to one. Why is he let it ring so much? Why is he let it, the phone ring and ring and ring? It makes no sense. Get up. Kevin Farley has at oh God, Cinema Grill tonight and tomorrow night.
2: Swanson, get up. He's still sleeping. He I'm at Tom Bernard Podcast and you are still sleeping. I'm sure, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he's still sleeping. He is still sleeping. Yeah. yeah. And I I know you don't have any clothes on.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> no, he Sports won't
2: answer. He never
1: answers. Oh, he never answers his phone. That's why I always text him and then he I don't know. He he's an uh, what I really love about Nick is Hey, hey Tom, I just landed. My plane just landed. I'm in town. I just want to let you know I'm in town and I'll, you know, I just got here so I got to go down and get my my suitcase, but I'll call you back. Never calls me. Oh, he got distracted. He's like a little puppy. He gets distracted by stuff. And
2: why does he travel with eight guys?
1: He always does. Like
2: seven or eight guys. (laughs) It's unbelievable. Yeah, and it's like, hey, you know, Swarty, come over, you know, or okay, cool. Can my 10 friends come? (laughs)
6: Yeah, I guess. (laughs) I mean, okay. Well, it's like last time he was in town, he came in here, but also before that, you guys were out to dinner, and you were waiting for your table, and people were coming up to him, hey, can I have an autograph or a picture? And his initial reaction to when anybody asked for that? Yep. When you you guys were together at no. Mystic?
1: He always, he was doing it the whole night too, and people were shocked. They walked away, oh, sorry to bother you. Nick, I'm really sorry to bother you, but hey, can I get an autograph? He goes, fuck off. No! And <laughs> then he goes, no, no, I'm just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> and then they beat all, because they were heartbroken. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm just
2: kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. kidding,
3: I'm <laughs> kidding. <laughs> fuck off. Get out of here.
7: Just well, kidding, you just got kidding. a lot of work to do now. Uh, that's now,
2: good for you. Uh,
7: it's yeah. a good thing
1: for you. Honestly, did you went no? So, so you went to Chicago, second uh, city.
2: Yeah, went down for a couple there. Of years. Down there, yeah. Noop and I were down there. Uh, John and I were down there. Oh, you guys went down together? Yeah, that's we right yeah, For cool. a little while,
5: just coincidentally, I'd already come up here. Oh, okay. I was on stage at Brave New Workshop at Dudley Riggs. All right, and, it was and then,
2: But we spent. I spent like four years down in Chicago doing. Second city and learning everything I could, and then I went to LA after that.
1: God, we were just down there about. Oh, about a month ago now. They had dinner with Gene and Giorgetti, which is... Oh, stellar. such oh, a great spot. God, I love that. Such a drink. great,
2: great It's funny to
1: get there and they take you in these little, what look like people's bedrooms to eat your
2: dinner. Yeah, it is a weird. <laughs> I don't think they probably redecorated they have no, that not for no, a long time. And the plates are like little grandma plates. Yeah, you know, grandma like, plates. Yeah, it's Great food, though. You know, I, great steak. Really great steak. As far
5: as as a member, we'd like to be in a bad mood, so we'd go to Gibson's. We eat as oh. much as we could, yeah. oh, Gibbs but someone. then we'd order the carrot cake, and it, it's me. as oh, big as I'll your head. You. And it's got a knife in it, and we just, you know, we, oh, we, we yeah. challenge each other. Do you care about eating? Yeah. Is it important to you? Yeah. <laughs> Finish yeah. that. Eat with emotion. Yeah. Eat with emotion. Yeah.
2: Me and Chris would go, and we'd order a lobster as an appetizer at Gibson's. <laughs> and we'd di- divvy that up, and then then have a steak. Get at and it then. And then the carrot cake, yeah. yeah. And that's just like, no. Gibson's is magnificent. Uh, magnificent. Great martini, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Great martini.
1: Oh, yeah. When I used to travel to Chicago a lot, I never drank. <laughs> oh, God. That was, oh well, God. Back in, I'm just doing voiceover at the time, right? So I would go down, and you work for an hour, maybe two, and then you have the rest of the day to do yeah. nothing. And, you and you're making money. good dough. You're you making know? good money. You're yeah. yeah. making good dough. So <laughs> right. what do you do? You go to the best places in town and act like a fool. Oh, right? my but God. Yeah. Chicago out, can Island.
2: really get into trouble. Oh. I could get into sh- some serious trouble in Chicago, oh, like, oh yeah. like nothing oh, else. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it, and then, you know, I haven't been back in a while. So I'll probably go down there for, to visit some friends. I got a lot of friends over there. But I don't get down there as much as I want to. You know, I love going down there. I, I do, love too. going down to Chicago. It but used
1: to be so much fun. I mean, literally back in the day when I started doing the KQ morning show in 86, I was still doing a lot of voiceover. So I would literally do the show from 530 till 10 o'clock, get on an airplane, go to Chicago, work there from like noon to 7 at night. How great. Get on a plane, come back. Got a little tired, though. Yeah. Because yeah. I mean, you would
2: fly back from here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that is kind of tiring.
1: Because yeah. I, ISDN was just kind of coming in at that time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very good. Yeah. Matter of fact, some of the stuff that I had to do, there was no ISDN. There was nothing like that. So I had to go to, over to MPR and use their satellite. Mm-hmm. Oh. And the weirdest thing in the world is during the solstice, solstices. No, I thought I was JB over there. Yeah. I had a stroke. <laughs> the solstice. The satellite wouldn 't work because of sun flares whenever wow. there were sun flares, the satellite wouldn 't work, but it was oh. so weird you 'd go over there and if you touched the mic, they would start screaming at you it's like don't touch the mic. We have an engineer to do that. oh really They had a mic engineer, a board engineer, and a and a, and a, a studio engineer three engineers wow. to do voiceover wow. you don 't really need that many people. I just did a spot with Andy yesterday by ourselves, so it 's not that hard to do, but <laughs> yeah I, you know but I, they... what a god is
2: amazing. What a great job, though. Oh, my God. You know the thing great great about Chicago?
1: God, I used to love to go down there, and then I'd go to Wrigley Field. Yeah. First time I was ever at Wrigley Field many, many, many years ago. Dave Kingman hit the building across Waveland Avenue.
2: Over the whole thing.
1: Over the whole thing. Oh, it was phenomenal to watch. Yeah. Oh,
2: God. How great was Harry Carey, too, because I never. Used to have Harry on. Yeah, and I used to love to hear stories about him, how he would. He would really drink. Oh, yeah. yeah. Like, I never really knew that. Kind of watching the games when I was growing up, I never really noticed that he was that bombed. And then I hear some (laughs) of the guys that knew him and actually hung out with Harry Carey, and some of those stories are absolutely unbelievable. He was really drunk. Like, all the time, every game.
4: It started in St. Louis when he did Cardinals games, and and he drank Falstaff. Mm. Yeah. Instead of Anheuser Busch, oh yeah, it yeah. was Falstaff. What are you was doing? The, Harry. Was the original <laughs> I know. Oh. Harry? What did he do? Falstaff.
1: Greatest thing he ever did to me, though, thirty years ago, probably.
4: Yeah. We have him on the
1: show, and somebody asked him during the interview, and I don't know why it was Gelfand. He goes, "Harry, you've been having a couple of pops." There's this pause, and he goes, "Barnard, control your monkeys." <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
6: You control, control no, your you
1: control your monkeys. Yeah, you monkeys. control it,
6: You control, <laughs> control your, your
4: monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> he was oh, all upset. Wow. Excuse him a drink.
2: <laughs> but how many would he have during the entire oh, game? God, it was I probably like ten at least, right? At least ten
1: beers. And do you? Do we still? I don't know if you could find it or not, but there's there we have we had a recording of Harry Carey, <laughs> and he literally is so hammered he's going. There are times in during the game when you wish.
5: He's not speaking
1: English. He's not even speaking English. He's trying to speak English, but it's not working. It's
7: like Harry. Wow. But nobody better.
1: But then remember Jimmy Pierce, all the stuff that he would say. Oh, God. Hey, hey, Harry, look at that. You see all those women behind home plate? You know who those are. Yeah. he goes, yeah, you know, Jimmy, those are the uh, players' wives. And <laughs> Pearsall says on the air, "Yeah, a bunch of horny broads looking for a free ride." No <laughs> way! <laughs> no
7: right.
1: way! You might get fired for saying that. Yeah, that might, yeah. that might not work <laughs> today. Yeah, horny <again>.
5: broads <laughs> looking for a
1: free ride. Right.
5: So, like, really, uh, Jimmy?
1: And wow. And Harry said to him. Jimmy, go take your medication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah,
5: he forgot
1: medication. the pill. <laughs> it was the greatest. That oh, man. Man, It's so much can, can fun. And can you
2: imagine after the games were done, what, where, how he went out every single night? Oh my god!
1: Oh, every night. Yeah. Hey, did you, when you when you guys lived in Madison, did you ever go with, when the because the Packers would play what one game a year in Milwaukee? Yeah, yeah. Two, 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 yeah. two. Two a year. Yeah, yeah. Two. Okay. Yeah. Did you ever go over there? Yeah, yeah. a couple
2: times at that County had to be Stadium. Balls. That was yeah. fun. I, I remember going to a few of those and tailgating it was fun to have they don't do it when they stopped doing it I thought why what are they doing I I don't know I would love to have it at Miller Park a couple of times and I
5: think that would be fun yeah but they still got that so the gold package is for the Milwaukee fans who had season tickets they get some precedence during the season it's still they they still do but what I remember is if on that side of the field from the 30 on in you're playing on dirt yeah, yeah, you're yeah, playing you know, out there. The Dust there. is yeah. coming up and, and stuff. It was a
2: little weird, but I loved uh, the Ma- Milwaukee County Stadium yeah. ones because you know, from Madison to Green Bay, it's about a three-hour drive, mm-hmm. and then the game gets over, and it's about five hours back to Madison. <laughs> yeah. You're not, yeah, because it's like another stacked there, up. Yeah, and you're not in. You're not home till two in the morning. I, I
4: attended you. a game there, and the other thing was both teams would be on the same sideline in Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Stadium. That's right. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, We were driving down east, uh, going east on I-94, going somewhere after a Viking game one time, and thank God nobody got hurt, seriously. And I don't know how they didn't, but uh, after a Viking game, playing the Packers, we're driving, and we see a car upside down in the ditch, right? Now, thank God nobody even got hurt because they're all wearing (laughs) seatbelts. But the weird thing was, (laughs) above every seat on the roof, so in other words, now on the roof, which is upside down, there were four cheese heads.
4: Maybe maybe that's why they weren't hurt.
1: Yeah, Maybe the the cheese head probably saved them. They
4: were drunk.
5: And they were loose. They were loose. (laughs) They were loose. We have a friend, I won't mention who it is, but it was a noon game at Lambeau. And they got back to Madison Tuesday at 4. <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> was, oh, well, stop yeah, stop for man. gas. Gas in Appleton. <laughs> <laughs> Just stop in De Just, you know. yeah. it was Bar- Two different cities, two different stayovers on the way home yeah. from a Sunday game. It was Baraboo
4: uh, in there somewhere? Baraboo. Baraboo yeah. Yeah. God,
5: that Rippon's a hell of a nice town. <laughs> yeah. On Just your stop. way
2: up there from Madison, there's about 100 bars you could go into on the way up to Lambeau. Oh. And they're Green Bay Packer bars, too. Awesome. So they're like all Packers inside. And you're like, you got to stop in there and have a drink. You, gotta <laughs> you got to stop in it. there and have one. Yeah. All these Packer bars that you go, oh, it's great.
1: You know, I still think that my Vikings' biggest mistake ever was was playing indoors. It was a huge
2: mistake. Yeah, well. Green Bay's got it figured out, man. And it does. People, you know, teams don't want to come to Green Bay because it's so cold. It's, you know, it's freezing. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, they had, you know, were they, weren't they playing at the U of M for a yeah. little while? Yeah, well, they like, were. Two yeah. years ago, That's yeah. Maturi
4: Stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Maturi Stadium. No, it, that the the uh, pavilions across I the know, street. Is it I know I know, know, I know. Is it, <laughs> what is it Maturi Pavilion?
1: Yes. It's right. a, pa- what does that mean?
4: Ma- mature, because it was called the Sports Pavilion. It used to be where the hockey arena was. Oh, used that's to be. Right, yeah, and yeah. then when we built the hockey arena, then we took that, gutted it out, and made it a place for women's basketball at the time. Yeah, and, okay. And the other minor sports like wrestling and women's gymnastics and men's gymnastics. Well, now it's the Maturi Sports Pavilion.
1: Is Cook Hall gone now? No. It's still there?
4: It's still there. Because
1: we used to go play basketball there when I was in my early 20s. And, you know, the running track, is that, that's not still there. Is it the running track on the second floor? You know, that's the I, Chuck Berry I,
7: Memorial <laughs> Running Chuck, <laughs> yeah, Chuck yeah, Berry.
4: Yeah, yeah. You know, I... It's been so long since I've been in the bowels of Cook Hall. I couldn't tell you. Well, now, I mean, the, the the field house is still there because that's where the track is. So yeah. Okay. Well, we used
1: to play basketball, and I've got guys would stand up on that running track and throw nine volt batteries at you. <laughs> <while
2: you're playing laughs> uh, well, you can't. what? what hell? Oh, I mean, think really that because you couldn't really get to him in time.
1: Oh, it hurt. That it hurt really, a lot. Who thought of that one? I hey, let's go no throw
2: 9-volt batteries at these guys. <laughs> but
1: they used to do it all the time. I, you know, I, being a
5: young guy,
2: yeah. it's
1: amazing
5: anybody lived. Right. Oh,
2: well, I that, can't imagine getting hit in the head with a 9-volt. That oh, reminds oh. me of,
5: and we can say his My name because I think he's dead now, but Zane Beiler yeah, would go to Aeros... Or, um, Air supply concerts and just throw darts as high as he could in the air wouldn't even know where they'd land just on oh. somebody's eye or yeah so, oh. just gonna throw darts at a concert this is what i'm saying island. how we all lived past i don't know, I don't know I don't nowadays know, like no seat things,
2: belts no seat belts no, no that's...
5: i thought of one no. the other day no one says the word beater for the car no the beater There's no, no one because no one drives a beater anymore no there are no three different wheels straps yeah. all over <laughs> it. Right.
2: Right. the beater the kids get now is like a
4: nice Camry. Yeah, that Lexus
2: mm-hmm.
5: four doors. The,
7: Le- <laughs> yeah, the Lexus, yeah, 2004 four doesn't
5: yeah. have any oh, Bluetooth. Yeah,
4: but, uh, well, you, you you joke, but my son bought a 2004 Lexus off his roommate. Yeah. There you go. And it's like pretty yeah. nice car. And I looked at him and yeah. said, "You have a Lexus? You have a Lexus?" How does that said, work? I said, I'll never leave the earth with an election. <laughs> election.
1: How'd you get that? <laughs> yeah. This has been unbelievable. See, I, I, just talking about, and I don't know if it's, well, every every guy in here went to Catholic school at some point, And you yeah. did until, yeah. what, sixth grade? Uh, seventh eighth, grade. Eighth. Did you, eighth. you went through eighth grade? Remember I was at um, that one school in seventh grade, briefly? Oh, yeah, that nut house. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and then you, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think I don't know if it's all schools like that, but Catholic schools, man, you bond with guys and you're yeah. with them kind of like the rest of your life. Yeah. And it's just unbelievable right. amounts of fun.
2: It is, and you know, you had to go to mass and you had to do all the you right. know sit in mass and. Some of the laughter that happens in church is some of the oh. I've never laughed that hard in my life. There's Probably because no you're not supposed to. Because you're not <laughs> supposed. To. You're not supposed to laugh. <laughs> exactly. It's... And so those are the times I just wet my pants. It was just ridiculous. You know who
5: hates that though? When you're laughing as a server is the whole family of the deceased. <laughs>
4: oh, yeah, that's not.
5: They, <laughs> don't they hate that. it when you're in a laughing. You're laughing at a funeral.
4: That's just like one time yeah. I was serving as an altar boy at a funeral, and somebody one of the other guys decided to move wrong and he knocked the bells over <laughs> oh god, god. <laughs> and, it like, laughing. and it was like oh, oh man yeah. this isn't the communion time oh god we're and, gonna get killed and, and we spent the rest of the service just yeah. heads down laughing our butts off
2: yeah yeah my brother used to day, go you yeah. know where you ring the bell sure yeah you know well, the first time I was served mass my brother Chris leans over to me and it's in the middle of the, the priest's homily and he leans over to me and he goes yeah. ring it <laughs> it. And I go. I it. My dad was elected. You know, see, oh, he was <laughs> And so, you know, I go. I look at Chris. I go. I, I shouldn't ring it now. And he goes, Yeah, ring it. Ring it. And I go. I don't, he's in the middle of a talk. And he goes, Ring it. Ring, ring it. And I rang it. I, go, ah! I rang it really hard. My dad looks at me and he goes, What are you doing? <laughs> God, sir, can you imagine your parents putting up with you? guys <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. That's fantastic. Really, really ring it. Kevin ring Farley,
1: tonight, tomorrow night at the Cinema Grill. Did you get Jerry to make you the food? I'm yeah, I told you. him to
2: make me some ribs.
1: Oh, 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 yeah. Oh, man. John, thanks for coming. I'm glad you stayed. Good to see everybody. Yeah, the brave, new yeah. brave new brave workshop. Brave new workshop. I'm so
5: proud of my buddy. It's good to see him making people laugh. He's been doing <laughs> yeah. it since uh, since we were in kindergarten. A long time. Since day one.
2: <laughs> A long time.
5: In five-year-old kindergarten, Farrell's, uh <laughs> I remember they go, what's your nickname? And like, you didn't have one, so you made up like Stardust or
7: something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Stardust Harley. Yeah, like yeah. That's that my name. Yeah.
1: Tom here for my friends at Walzer Automotive Group with some exciting news. Walzer's rolling out Walzer Care on new and most used cars they sell in Minnesota. Well, Walzer Care is a powertrain warranty with coverage for 10 years or 150,000 miles. Powertrain coverage is like major medical coverage for your car. back, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Bernard, show hour three. You know, our special guest Mike Lundell joins us. TV star now. Well, I suppose you've already you're already TV star because your commercials are on like every break on every network. <laughs> it's pretty much true, don't you think? Well, I'm on there a little bit. <laughs> Yeah, you're on a little bit. You're on TV a little bit. That's I, happened, made, I right? made
3: a new. I made a new one this morning, so we're getting more variety.
1: Oh, so you did get? Yeah, you you told me you were going to cut a commercial today, so you cut another one today.
3: Yeah, I got done about. Uh, it took about three hours. I'm getting better at it. They, uh, um, they tell me to smile, and I and I and I. Now I remember to smile right away. I, I used to say, "Now this is serious stuff." You know, like, how could you know? Uh, so. But yeah, oh, it's, what did it's, they it's, think of that when
1: you said that this is th- when you said this is serious stuff? What did they think of that?
3: They always make me smile, anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: you took care of it. I, I like the I like the spot. You're still going to run the spot where you're looking through the uh, bathroom me- medicine cabinet, aren't you?
3: Yeah, that was the, that was oh yeah absolutely. That's our number one success. And there's one where we do a t- like a timeline. It's like a silent commercial kind of. And then there's uh, the one with my factory. Yes. where The door opens up and. But that that one with the man in the mirror, where I'm in the mirror, that was uh, that was a lot of fun to make because, you know there was a lot of the if you ever if I ever put out the, the bloopers from that, it's so funny I'm, i that was, uh, that was pretty good.
1: They do a nice job with it. Tomorrow, two thirty to three thirty on uh, Channel Four locally, the CBS affiliate in Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's on there first, and then it's uh, nationwide after that. Correct.
3: Yeah, yeah, it'll go. It uh, it won't play nationwide tomorrow, but it's playing in here, in Minnesota, and then uh, uh, whatever we, whatever we, wherever we end up going nationwide with CBS or whoever, well, that's uh, that's what that'll manifest in. But yeah, it's I'm a really story really, the Mike Lindell. Yeah, it's really interesting. It was a lot of fun to when it was a real audience at the Pantages Theater. It was uh, um, it's uh captured all the uh, at least the timeline of uh, you know probably from you know, the timeline of my pillow anyway, from the two thousands on up through my addictions and everything. It's pretty cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a great story. We were talking about this and I've been talking to Mike Lindell about this for a long time. It's called the Mike Lindell story an American dream. And that's what I love about the story about a guy. uh, Now you grew up where?
3: I grew up in Chaska, and Chaska and Carver, Minnesota. And, uh, and, uh, they, uh, became uh, became an addict. I guess uh, I, I was after. I was probably a late bloomer. I was after I got out of high school. <laughs> and, uh, I got addicted to co- cocaine in the middle '80s, about 1984, and uh, very but a very functioning addict for a long time until I got into crack.
1: And then you and, and the things started to go downhill. I'll say, so when you were doing just straight cocaine, you could still function. You could still work, and everything would. You know, yeah, it, it was, was very. A, it was party they, time. They,
3: well, they tell me. Yeah, they tell me I have ADHD, so I guess they uh, maybe that kept me somewhat focused. I don't know, but they uh, not you ADHD?
5: Hard to believe.
3: <laughs> <laughs> felt, a couple of, a year ago, I went on. I had some tests done, and they go. I came back. I go. You guys here? I have ADHD, and they they look at me and go. Really? Well, <laughs> you guys?
7: <did>. <laughs> really? <laughs> so, are you sure? Uh,
3: yeah. But back, uh, but back, yeah, the, with the, with the cocaine, it, it was, uh, you know, I was functioning. I mean, there was so much cocaine in the eighties and the nineties. And, and then plus being a, I got, you know, I ended up owning bars and I bought, um, the one bar at 13 years. Well, you can be a pretty good addict when you're, uh, um, you know, running a bar and, and, uh, it was, um, but I still, it, you know, I look back and you know, once, once it changed to crack cocaine, though, I couldn't control anything anymore. You got paranoias that go with it, and it's it was hard work. Even being a you know any kind of an addict, it's a lot of work. It really is. You to hide your addiction, to to keep it going, you're constantly. It's just a lot of work. Anyone out there that's you know everybody knows that. You I know mean, you know even uh. Even uh, you know, waking up the next day, you're going, "Oh, I don't feel like getting up." It's so much. When, when I did quit, Tom, I had a, a friend of mine in 2008 December. He came to me and th- I, just out of the blue, and he had been clean for three years, and he was a he was a cocaine and a crack addict. Um, his name was Dick, and he, but he came out and he talked to me. Now he's probably the only one I could relate to because I was. I was always thinking, you know, my addiction's way worse than everyone else's. I would stay up the most days and do the most stuff, and and uh, well, Dick came out there, and I had questions for him that I could, that no one else could answer. I said, Dick, I said, is, is it boring? Is it boring not using? And he had the right answers, I mean, and they were real, and uh, that made a big difference to me, hearing all these, all these things from him, because it was different worries I had, and then, you know, addictions are just mostly to hide pain anyway, and and uh but it was it was it was a divine appointment that he came out there that, that December
1: so what is the big difference between doing cocaine and doing crack cocaine it just you don't get as paranoid on regular cocaine
3: right well cocaine cocaine when you do crack cocaine there's a there's what you know when with cocaine you know both drugs you know you can't sleep you can't you don't want to eat you're not hungry but but yeah you said it with crack cocaine You you, as the more you do over time, you get these paranoias and they're uncontrollable. It's the most miserable feeling. The most you peek out windows. You you know you're looking out. You cannot. You're gonna you're gonna break promises because you can't physically go there because you're paranoid or you can't get you can't even answer a phone. And a very similar paranoia to a meth addict. Uh, Meth is you know anyone out there they know what I'm talking about. and it gets horrific. At uh, first, it's like, okay, like one out of ten times you'll get these paranoia. You go, what was that? And then you do it the next time. You go, wow, I'm glad that didn't happen. Well, then the more you do it, um, all of a sudden it happens two out of ten times. Then three out of ten. Pretty soon, every time you do crack, you get these paranoias. But the high goes that you go high, then you're staring out windows. And it's not a... It's not a social drug, I'll tell you that. Everybody's hiding in hiding in rooms. And and uh, when I owned my bars, when the crack came into town, um, you know the bar, no one's at the bar. They're home, peeking out windows.
7: It was horrific.
3: So, so why
1: did you switch from cocaine to crack? Cocaine is crack cocaine cheaper?
3: no you actually can you, you can go through uh you can go through crack is it, you know you're you it takes, it takes cocaine and baking soda to make crack you have to have baking soda i mean whoever thought that up let's let's have baking soda boil it in a spoon wait till it's hard smoke it in a in a thing with you know whoever thought this up i mean it's just bizarre but but it's uh it's it's a very cocaine. You do it. It might last 20, 30 minutes, Uh crack. You do it. You got like a three, four minute high. That's very intense. And, and, um, but it, uh, the, the high at first is similar and then it changes on you. Like you say, it's not, uh, wow. um, it changes, it changes where when you first do crack, you're going, wow, this is just like cocaine and you can, and I, I can go to sleep and I can eat and whatever. And then, then the next time, or the next time, all of a sudden it changes on you, and you get these paranoias and and uh, all this. Now, why did I do crack? It was just by fate. One, you know, here's a, a friend of mine. He had come back from up north. Um, uh, he was up at Grand Rapids. He'd come back down to, and we were in uh, Victoria. And after the bar closed, we'd all go over to this my friends of mine house, and and we'd have these parties with doing cocaine. Well, he came down from up north, and he and he, and everyone at the party. There was like three other guys, and. They'd take their cocaine that we'd put out, and they would run to the bedroom, and they'd be gone. And I, he goes, what's going on? I said, I don't know. They're making it into crack and smoking. it." And it's, I said, it's horrible. I, they don't even come out of their rooms for about 20, 30 minutes. And he goes, he looks at me, and I looked at him, I said, Kevin, I said, let's never let this happen to us. And he says, yeah, this is terrible. And we, we ended up being the worst, too. He
1: <laughs> <laughs> <It was laughs> like. couldn't stay away. And, uh,
3: if he's if he's listening, he was just here. You know, he quit three or four years ago after me, and he followed suit. And we we reminisced about those days when we said that he's actually in my book that conversation. And we're going and what it is, Tom, it was just one night. Maybe I didn't have any cocaine, and the only thing a guy had was crack. Mm. And I said, well, I'll try that. And uh, and it was the same. It was wow. It was you know, it was the same. The first time it feels the same as coke, and then and then it grabs you, and uh, and it's over, it's, and it takes you down so fast. Every one of my friends, it took them down within a year, I and I'm talking, some one of my friends, hundreds of thousands of dollars he had, a beautiful house, in one year, it's all gone, and now I can, people come to me now, and they say, uh, uh, you know, here, addicts come to me, or families, and they'll come, well, Mike, uh, you know, this is happening to my to my son, or my friend, or whatever, and he's, and I said, well, and they say he's doing crack or, or meth, either one. And they, and I say, well, how what does he have left for assets? Uh, is he still working? Um, what did he have when he started with? I can almost tell you how far along in his addiction is because it's straight down where you just, you know, where it, it takes you down faster than anything I've ever seen as far as uh, to get to that bottom where there's just nothing left uh, uh, money-wise. And that's why, you know, crack is such a – it just – um, you know, well, all drugs are bad, but that one did just, uh, that one, I, for me, um, if crack hadn't came along, I, you know, I don't know, I might have still been on cocaine, but it got, I'm going, this is the paranoid. I mean, for the work on that, can you imagine, Tom, I was a crack addict and I started the pillow in 2005. And I, mm-hmm. I could never, ever do crack when I, the one thing I was different than other addicts is I never broke trust. So all these home shows and fairs I would do, I would never do, crack while I was there because I wouldn't have been able to get in the booth I'd be hiding under the table
6: you know
1: <laughs> That wouldn't be good so if, uh, oh, no. sorry. There we go. so if crack eventually becomes unpleasant did you just keep doing it to stave off the uh, the withdrawal
3: no it's not it's you'll do it because you get high the high is so intense but the paranoids are so horrible but it's but it's still the high It you just it's a it's a cycle you're going you just keep going well I want it to feel like it did before, and it does. But then yeah. you're paranoid. You're paranoid. Once the paranoias get down, then you get, you take another hit. You, and the, the paranoias are there. It's a it's it's uh you get caught in this cycle, and um, you want you want the high, but you don't want the paranoias. And then uh, you know you'll see if you into a crack house, um, you know you'll see little holes. They peek out. They peek out windows, and you're looking through those little holes in the door, and there's nothing out there. And, uh, but boy, when there was something out there, then, it, you know, you know, you have heart attacks. I mean,
1: yeah <laughs> oh, yeah. So you start doing crack in 2000, you did you start doing cocaine. What, what year did you start doing cocaine?
3: But cocaine was about 1984, 85. And, you know, and I had a, uh, you know, I raised a family for, um, I <clears throat> had, uh, you know, we were the, uh, um, nice house, you know, had the bars and, and every, you know, going fine. And they, uh. Um, whatever dysfunction there was, I certainly didn't notice it. And then you got, we switched, to, you know, switched over to crack and probably around 2000 and, um, you know, it just started taking, taking away. All my friends went down first. I mean, I had people, you know, and I'm going, I, I I'm trying, mean, it's trying to function on it, but I would switch. I would know, at least know when I couldn't do it. You could not trust yourself. If you would, if you take mm-hmm. a hit, of crack, I remember one Christmas, I'm so much into holidays and stuff with my families, and we'd have all of us would get together. And one Christmas, I'm doing cocaine. I go, you know what? I'm just going to do one hit of crack, and then I and then head over, and I'll do cocaine when I'm there. Well, I did the hit of crack, and I never made that Christmas. I'd sit there; they were calling, looking for me, and I couldn't answer the phone. And and uh, I'm I'm crying because I can't get there, but yet I can't do anything oh. about it. It's, it's just absolutely horrific. And um and they in uh, each. And each drug, you know, each drug that's out there, you're, whether your opiates or your meth or your crack or whatever, when people go to get help, having someone that's beat that particular drug or whatever really helps because you know you know all the the things the downfalls of it. You know, you know what uh, you know what they're up what the person's up against. I mean, these are good people that are just have yeah. a, they're masking pain, and it just uh, it becomes an end of the cycle.
1: No, okay, so. You you you're doing crack. You start doing crack about 2000. You've been doing cocaine for 15, 16 years. You start doing crack cocaine in 2000, but in 2005 you start my pillow. Right.
3: Yeah. In, 2000, in 2004 when I went to invent it, in 2005 I was so into all my energy going into that. I mean, I wasn't. Uh, I wouldn't I probably wasn't out. You know, smoking crack. My my whole focus was. You talk about an addict putting all your addiction tendencies into a, you know, I was told once way back in the day when I was uh, gambling in a pool hall in Shasta in the early eighties, I'm going, you know, I'm gambling. I also had a compulsive gambling addiction and they, uh, and the got the bar owner said, Mike, if you put all your energies into something that productive, you'd be, it'd be a, the most amazing thing ever. And I never forgot those words. Well, the, when the pillow mm-hmm. came along, I was just, I just dove into the pillow, almost like my own, its own addiction. You know, I'm up, I'm up at night one all night long, writing my pillow the logo all over the house. And my, my daughter walks upstairs and she's getting a glass of water. She goes, "What are you doing, Dad?" And I said, "I said I'm in the best pillow ever. It's going to be called My Pillow." And she grabbed her glass of water. She rolled her eyes. She goes, "That's really random." And she heads back downstairs. <laughs> and uh, we get downstairs, and then the kids, their mother, she, they go. When is he going to get over the, or What's with this pillow thing? And I go, she goes, oh, he'll get over it. It's just a phase. And I was like a mad scientist. Now, I wasn't working, and I ran all the money down, you know, inventing the pillow. And, and uh, when I finally got it to fruition, I got the pillow. This is a perfect prototype. We were out of money. We had to mortgage our house to... Um, um, just to live at that time and get uh, do a kiosk in Eden Prairie, but the 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 factory or the, our first factory, this little garage across the street in Carver, the kids go. I go. I go. It wasn't a phase. Now everybody get to work. You know.
1: We've got to take a quick break. We'll be back in two minutes more with Mike Lindell. Mike Lindell, an American Dream, the documentary tomorrow, two thirty to three thirty, Channel Four. Be right back. More with Mike after this. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined
2: with any other offer.
1: Tom Bernard here. And with me is the CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Tell me, Michael, I was reading on your website that one of your bankers has worked with a customer for more than 30 years. It's a long time for any business relationship. Is that common?
0: Not only 30 years, but two generations
1: I have never liked you, by the way. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience? Member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Thanks, friend. And you are. It's real <laughs> nice. Chuck Nabla. <laughs> Chuck
7: <laughs> Nabla. <laughs>
1: Ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Tom Bernard's show, Mike Lindell, our special guest, Mike Lindell, an American dream, the Mike Lindell story uh, on Channel 4, the CBS affiliate tomorrow from 2.30 to 3.30. And then after that, it will go national. Um, We've gotten to the point now, you've got your first kiosk in the Eden Prairie Center, which is a southwestern suburb of the Twin Cities. But you're still now at that point. You're still doing crack cocaine, isn't? It? But you didn't do it when you were at the kiosk, because otherwise you wouldn't have been able to do it.
3: Right, absolutely. And and you know, it's funny when I invented the pillow, I was so excited. I went into a, uh, it's a box store. Well, I'll say it. It was a Bed Bath and Beyond, and I went in there, and I. It's one of my biggest accounts now. But I went in there, I said. I have the best pillow ever. I said it's the most amazing thing. It's going to change the world. How many would you like? Where's your buyer? And I was so passionate. The guy looked at me and says, "You need to leave." And I'm not bonus, okay. <laughs> 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 I'm not kidding. It was. You I had, need uh, to I leave. Told that, <laughs> I, I told that story to the to the highest guy at Bed Bath and He goes. He goes. Who was that store back then? I go. You you guys wanted to talk to me. You just said put him in jail. You know. <laughs> Anyway, but, uh, <laughs> well, so, that's true. So, so somebody, uh, so anyway, okay, a so, friend of mine. So we couldn't sell the pillow anywhere, and I and uh, and I mean, I couldn't get, get anyone to go get on board. And we, someone said, "Well, Mike, how, why don't you do a kiosk?" And I said, "How do you spell that?" And and yeah, I did the uh, the kiosk in Eden Prairie, and my wife at the time she worked most of the hours, and I happened to be there the when I was there, um, I had a guy came up and he said, "Mike," he said, or he said. Or he said, can I, uh, we only sold like, I don't know, 100 pillows during that month and a half. We The money we borrowed on our house, we it all went into that, you know, a lot of money into a kiosk. And and uh, people didn't know about us. I had a sign up written in Cran, family open, owned and operated. on um, Chiropractor recommended. My, my wife says, we can't say that. I said, what do you mean? I gave it to our chiropractor friend in Chaska. He loves it. And uh, and uh, so anyway, the guy this the guy comes up and he, I have, he goes, you got a business card? I said, I said, Oh, I'm all out. And I wrote it on a piece of paper, and gave him the sheet of paper. And, and that guy happened to call me in January. Cause now by January, I was actually getting worried. People say, were you ever worried that you couldn't make it? Cause I'm not, I was just an entrepreneur. Now I'm dead broke. I have no way to make income. And the pillows didn't sell that good at the kiosk. And I'm going, at that time, I'm going, okay, how, you know, where's this going? How am I going to support my family, you know? And about that time, the guy called and said, uh, the guy gave that number to me. He says, Mike, he said, uh, or he said, are you the guy that invented this pillow here in Minnesota? I said, yeah. He says, well, I bought one for you at the Inquiry Center. And he said, I changed my life. It created a miracle. And he said, I run the Minneapolis Home and Garden Show. Would you like a spot in there? And I, I said, sure. And, and uh, I went in there, kind of changed the my booth layout and then i did all the talking and we sold out ended up uh you know i ended up getting in the minnesota state fair that year and and then i was able to do shows and fairs for the next five six years as a not only a functioning addict but it but uh um it was you know it was exciting at least i was able to kind of a relief i was able to support my family but then it went through all kinds of crazy stuff where people Tried to steal the company, take the manufacturing, anything that could happen did happen. Uh, I end up getting divorced. for 20 years, we were making the pillows, boxing them in our living room. Um, you know, doing we were down to we were losing our house, everything, and it was literally lights out in 2007. They cut the power on our house, and and oh um, man, I mean it was uh, it was bad, and and uh, so I went through the. Uh, Went through a divorce I told her I said if we ever if we ever make anything out of this I said um you know um, you know well um I'm gonna I'm gonna take care of you because he was a big part of making it you know getting that far and and uh, so we it was kind of a life support for 2008 and, uh, and at the end and in 2008 by the way uh I Tom I don't know if I told you where the drug dealers did an intervention no I don't think so
1: I don't well, think this
3: have. is a, this is a big part of the story. So I'm I'm uh I'm up for a couple weeks, two weeks, and uh in the spring of 2008, and it's downtown Minneapolis, an apartment one of my dealers there, and, and all of a sudden three of the they're all three there, and I go, you guys know each other? They go, no, you know we uh we um they knew of each other, didn't know each other, and they're all going. The one guy goes, I'm not going to name names. He goes, Mike. He says, Mike, are you uh, or he says, Mike, uh, Mike's been up for two weeks, uh. And he says, uh, you know, every, nobody's selling them anymore. He's going, he's to bed, you know. And they go, the one guy, the one guy goes, he goes, you've been up for two. I said, I've only been up for ten days. And and he goes, well, you ain't getting nothing <laughs> from me or my guys. And and uh, he goes, to, he he goes to leave. And now and now this other guy that is his apartment, Joe, who actually works for me now, and he's uh, he's off stealing everything. He says, he says, I. Uh, yeah, he says you. Uh, you know, you promised us that you. You know, someday you'd return when you quit and everything. They wanted me to quit for good. They said, you know, I'm one of their best customers because I had told them all this stuff. You know, someday when I quit, I'm gonna have a foundation that's gonna help everybody and help this terrible dysfunction and drug use and all this. And and uh, so he goes, yeah, my none. Of, none of my people are selling to him or whatever. And anyway, the guy leaves, and. The one guy sat down in the chair and what, he was going to wait till I ran out of uh, ran out of crack and I and I was almost out and and uh, sure enough I did run out well now I'm now I'm starting to you know after after 14 days of being up I'm going I got to get more and I back then I did not want to ever go to bed until I had my problem solved and that was that was the problem I would just stay up and kind of play through well I looked over with my one eye and sure enough he went to sleep and it was two o'clock in the morning and. And I uh, snuck back. I'm not going to say where in Minneapolis, but I snuck down to the streets. And I'm telling you, I had a $100 bill, and I'm trying to buy even $10 worth of crack. And everybody's going, you ain't getting any from me. And they're they're walking away from me. I'm going, I, come on, you guys. Well, the word had got out, not to sell me any. And I come back about 3 in the morning and walk through that door, and he's sitting up in the chair. And he says, how'd that work out for you? And I was just all upset. And he said, he said give me your phone. He says, i taking a picture of you. And I took, he took a picture. He says you're going to need that for your book when you get whenever you get the way you've been telling us for how long. And I, and uh, that picture Tom, is the hologram on the front of my book. I think I did show you that picture, didn't I? With a
1: you uh, did show me the picture. Oh yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. And that'll be on the documentary tomorrow. That picture that he took in the March of 2008 is in that in the document the documentary tomorrow. But uh, of course I didn't quit in March. I waited another almost another year. Come on.
7: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go
1: But it's been an unbelievable story From, from where you started uh, I just love the fact You told your wife as you divorced I will absolutely take care of you When this thing is successful It's a wonderful thing I need to tell people You need to see this documentary Because it is what America is all about An American Dream Are the last three words of the title Of the documentary The Mike Lindell story It, it, it is it, you can be successful in America. You got to figure it out. You got to figure out your own foibles and and problems and all the rest of it. But this is America, and you can make it. And I, my belief is, and I really strongly believe that anybody who really works and works and works can make it and get it done. Uh, you're a great example, and you're a hell of a guy. You you spend a lot of time helping people who are less fortunate. That, well, everybody's less fortunate than you, but you know, you
6: know. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, give back, I give, you know.
3: I'll tell you, Tom. I give back. You know, when I quit everything overnight, I, you know, I made a deal with God. I said, "Please free me from these addictions," and uh, and I'm all yours. And I'll tell you, with God, all, with God, all things are possible. And they, and I've been so blessed, and that's where it's at. I don't ever forget. I view every customer like it's my only customer. I view every right, you know, and it's and and that passion throughout my company. I. have, I have sixteen hundred employees now, and I mean every one of them. It just gives they're each one individually. We have careers at My Pillow, not just uh, jobs, and they, and they just to see their faces and their and their their hope, and and uh, if we have something go wrong at My Pillow, if something if there's a deviation in an employee. We get them help. They know they can come to me and go, "Hey, this guy, uh, there's something. He's not showing up for work, whatever." Well, they know we're going to help and We're not just going to send him the streets and fire him We're going to, you know, we get them help, and they they're grateful for it. And it's just, uh, it's been amazing. It's for me, it's
7: like
3: some days I just wake up every day and go, "This is surreal." I mean, this is you know, from where I was to where it is now. You know.
4: Hey, Mike. I think it's a Mike. This is JB. Um... I was just wanting to let you know that um, your pillow has become the official pillow of the Gopher uh, women's soccer team. The, the head coach, <laughs> to the assistant head coach, to the secretary, all were raving about it last week. Oh, In wow. the, in the office. Lot. Yeah, the one, the assistant uh, head coach bought hers first, and um, she had mentioned it to the head coach, and the head coach was like, oh, I had a. I keep forgetting I got to buy one. And she was, she said, I'm going out today and buy one. And then the secretary came and told her, Yeah, I have one. It's life changing, this, that, and the other. And said, and then I walked, you know, I was standing there listening to all this. And I said, Yeah, I have like six of them at home. And, <laughs> and then we were like, uh, The secretary goes, You know, they make uh, dog bad. I said yeah I forgot I should have mentioned that and then I said well you know they make a travel pillow and she's like really? I'll buy a travel pillow and a and pillow for me and my husband and the boys and it's like yeah. I said it is a great product and the story
3: well, thank you.
4: This yeah. the story that you told was, was uh, I don't know how you survived it but uh, it was pretty uplifting and it just goes to prove if you keep uh, fighting through there's something on, the, on better on the other side so yep.
3: Uh, well thank, well thank you and you know the uh, now to, you know to they, they, they have the the product which I got in a dream from God I mean there's 35 million pillows I've sold now where and that's just you know that's that's uh to me I can't even imagine I, I mean that's a, a lot of the population you know <laughs> and uh, it is but, uh, but that's them telling other people that it, you know how that it, you know it's such a big problem solution and and uh, you know the uh, to, to, to remember all those all those all those years doing shows all over the Midwest home shows and fairs from from Dubuque Iowa to Omaha Nebraska going show to show and then. And then people coming up to me, you know, that had bought pills saying the same thing you just said there, the testimonials. I'm going, that just kept me going, going, wow, I'm actually making a difference in the world of these people's lives because sleep is so important. And and now, uh, you know, I think it was more, you know, back in the day they had a commercial and, and they'll tell two friends and they'll tell two friends and so on and so on. Well, in this day and age, as they tell 500 friends and they tell 5,000 friends and, and uh uh, and that's uh, But but it all comes to with the customer service. I do every every customer like it's my own, and I go back to where your hand shakes your word and a time long ago where uh, um, they don't just add in returns into a, into a, well, this is a part of our product cost, 20% of the people are going to return it. No, we, we uh, my pillow, it's like we do every customer, we want to fit them right and make sure that they're sleeping good because they're it's going to change their lives.
1: I think it's a wonderful thing. Tomorrow, 2.30 to 3.30 on CBS4WCCO Television in Minneapolis and St. Paul, then goes nationwide next week. It's a great story, Mike. Uh, I'm honored that you're my friend, and I I was talking to Dawn about that yesterday because I I basically talk to Dawn every day, you know. I told her, did did you talk to her yesterday? Because I told her yesterday when I talked to her, I said, tell Mike that I don't miss him because I see more of him on television than I do in person anyway. (laughs)
3: <laughs> well tom she's right here Hello. oh How's god great? nothing but trouble
1: oh my god it's it's donnie river how are things
3: Don river that's a new one
1: well that's my fawny river is my fawn is my uh my grand uh granddaughter so i got fawn and dawn in my life now
6: wow you're a lucky guy <laughs>
1: Yeah, apparently I'm a really lucky guy. But, uh, yeah, I, th- this is going to be a great thing. I understand that you're in the audience. You're in this uh, You're in this uh, documentary. That's all I need.
7: Absolutely. Never all right.
1: <laughs> you are everywhere. Well, thank you very much for your help with everything, Don. You do a great job. Uh, everybody over at MyPillow does a great job. Uh, I look forward to seeing the documentary tomorrow. Mike, I look forward to the next time... Uh, I see you, and uh, I still haven't met Dawn in person, by the way. I know I've seen pictures of her, and I talk to her a lot, but uh, one of these days we'll have to grab some lunch or some dinner or something and have a wonderful time.
3: Absolutely, and, Tom, it's always an honor. I'm always so grateful for being on your show, and, uh, and uh, yeah, we'll get, uh, we'll get out for lunch. We'll bring Dawn along.
1: Oh, <laughs> God. Okay, that's a threat.
3: <laughs>
1: Thanks very much. We'll, we will talk to you soon. Thanks very much. I think so ladies and gentlemen Mike Lindell and Don Curtis works at My Pillow does a great job with Jessica and everybody out of My Pillow it is tomorrow 2:30 to 3:30 on channel 4 locally it's quite the story because he goes from being a successful bar owner to almost ruining his life going broke coming out of it couldn't sell the product but he stayed with his dream He kept working on it and he got where he wanted to go with it. It's a huge corporation now. 35 million pillows he sold. uh, And you can do it too. If you have a dream, don't give up on your dream. We'll be right back. Tom Bernard Show. 763
7: 333 7337
1: Ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard show, thank you again to Mike Lindell and everybody at my pillow. The Mike Lindell story, an American dream, tomorrow, 230 to 330, Channel 4 locally. It's a hell of a story.
4: Yeah, I mean, a uh, guy—he's doing rather well, I would (laughs) say. I would guess so. That's
6: an awful lot of pillows. You know, who's also doing well is that John Gruden.
4: Yes.
1: Oh yeah, I want to hear about John Gruden. You know that story? You know, I was looking at Star Tribune. I don't see any reference to it at all in the Star Tribune.
4: Because it's not—it's not final yet. Yeah.
1: Oh, it's not final.
4: No. But it's okay. So what do you got? Well, the, the reason why they got rid of their coach last week, they pretty much had set up this deal uh, between the owners of the uh, Raiders and, and Gruden. And at first it was starting to come out that he was going to get part ownership. Yes. And uh, I think the other owners in the league were like, oh, oh, no, you know. Yeah,
1: I think you're absolutely right. The other owners said, forget it.
4: So I think they just went with the, with the high salary.
1: So, and the salary is
6: a hundred million over ten years. Over, yeah, but still a
1: hundred million. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
6: And did you know, right now on the Oakland Raiders roster, there are only three players that make more than ten million a year.
1: Really? Yeah. Three players make more than ten million a year. One, one of them is the quarterback. Obviously. Yeah,
6: Derek Carr is making almost $25 mil.
1: JB, what do you think of this? Because I talked to Malene about it already. What do you think of this? I do believe that the Las Vegas Raiders are going to be the first franchise worth three billion dollar
4: oh without a without a doubt because they will never have problems selling tickets because if they're never their home ticket base doesn't buy tickets all the visiting people will you know Green Bay Minneapolis you know, Buffalo, whoever it is, wanting to, especially this time of year, wanting to go out there, get their party on, you know, make it a full weekend, you know, go crazy, gamble, watch football. It is truly going to be the – a certain sports writer uh, in town says that uh, every 35-year-old hooker should go and get in shape (laughs) (laughs) in Las Vegas. (laughs) Well, Tom you, That's really
6: uh, nice. Tom, you touched on this the other day when this news first broke, but uh, you got to imagine too. This contract's got to be backloaded to the point where they, when they moved to Nevada, no income tax. I mean, yep. man, he's, he's going to uh, have
1: no state income tax nope. on the ten million dollars a year. That's worth, let's say, if he went to Minnesota or he went <laughs> to New York or he went to, you know, they stayed in Oakland. Yeah, uh, they have what a thirteen percent state tax in in California. Isn't their state tax like thirteen percent?
6: It's it's up there, top
4: rate. But um,
6: and you know it had to be good because he's leaving ESPN, where he already mm-hmm. was the highest paid employee employee of ESPN, and he yeah, only really you know, works for four or five months out of the year, one night a week.
4: And you know he had his uh, quarterback show in the, in yep. after the yeah. dra- leading up yeah. to the draft, but that was basically it. Yep. I mean, he, what a story this is. I mean, he was a uh, you know. Tennis the university. He probably could have got this pretty close to the same amount of money from the University of Tennessee, which is that's mm, the odd, th- which is the very odd thing about it. And college coaches' salaries are just you know, our uh, boy Nick Saban makes eleven million a year.
1: Yeah, exactly. So it's kind of funny, Nick Saban makes more money than John Gruden, but he's also got how many national championships? My but, God. Uh,
4: Nick Saban and his football program also brings in about uh, between $75 and $100 million a year just in football alone. But
6: you've got to remember, too, about going back to Gruden, it's interesting because when he was with Oakland, they traded him to Tampa right. for two first-round picks and were something else, and then you know they turn around and Tampa wins the Super Bowl well, the against o- Oakland.
4: Right. The old man, didn't, yep. the old man didn't like him.
6: Yeah. Al, and I think Al yeah, didn't like him.
4: Al didn't like him, but the kid did. So they probably have been working on this one for a while.
6: Well, you know, they probably share the same barber.
4: Yeah, their haircuts cl- are pretty close. Cuz man.
1: Look. Yeah, except for uh, Al Davis. Oh, those uh, that haircut on that owner is the worst haircut. He looks like Mo from the Three studios.
4: <laughs> Mike I think his name is Mike Davis. Yeah.
1: I think that's right,
4: but uh, yeah, uh, not a handsome man. No, he's not. <laughs> but uh, no, he's a, Mark you know, Davis. Mark Davis. That's it. But they, um, it's the ultimate revenge because the league wouldn't let him move to L.A. with the Rams. Now he's going to be more profitable than any other organization in that league.
1: Yeah, I don't, I don't think there's any question about it. Look, you can you can go out there. As I said, let's say you're uh, you're working construction, and you get off at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. You get out a 6 p.m. flight. You fly to Vegas. You get there at 7 p.m. because you gain two hours. Well, you can still go out and see a show. You can go out and have uh, dinner, have a few cocktails. You can go hit the pot pipe over at the Grove or one other marijuana <laughs> seller over there. Uh, as JB mentioned, you can get the hook ski if you want, but <laughs> yeah, well, it's in Parump where it's legal. Right. You can do anything. As a 28, 29, 30-year-old young man just roaming the area, you go out there and you have a ball. You can say it as nice a place or as chintzy a place as you wish. Uh, you can gamble. You can do everything in Vegas. It's going to make billions of dollars.
4: Well, it was it was the ultimate fear of all these leagues and... It it was odd that hockey, which is the fourth of the four, yeah. was the first to go there. So yeah,
1: absolutely.
4: And the you know they charged them was close to six hundred million dollars for a uh, you know new new team fee, and they're mm-hmm. winning because they were allowed to take the twelfth best player off of each team, which is a pretty still a pretty good hockey player. And in some cases, it was yeah. even even a higher player because they they protected younger people and they let older people,
6: you know, unprotected. So, hey, well, at least they did not take uh, Nino Niederreiter. <laughs>
4: well, that that yeah, Niederreiter had the hat trick. Yep, right, That was their biggest fear. That him and the defensemen were going to be taken away, and they wound up the guys that they did take from the Wild are helping them win games. So, I yeah. mean, they're a playoff team right now. If, if things ended today, they would be they would be in the playoffs. Well, they
6: just won eight straight. Yeah, I mean they lost the other night. They lost yesterday to yeah. St. Louis, of course. But oh, here we go.
4: <laughs> uh, real quick, Tom. It was, yes, sir. It was in the news here. One of our young men gotten is in trouble again.
1: Oh, you are talking about Lynch?
4: Yeah. So,
1: what is the deal there now he's he, he has been charged with one, but then there's another sexual assault that he's been accused of, or has he been charged at all Are they accusations at this point or other charges?
4: he was cleared of one
1: he was cleared of one okay
4: yeah and this this one is a different one, and i don 't know it's not you know i, I the most interesting comment I've heard about campus sexual assault was by a group of female attorneys who said they are deathly afraid of sending their sons to college. Really? Yeah. So
1: they, to the, any
4: college? To any college. Because the, the sexual harassment law as it's has been changed and written to now, I mean, you right. literally have to whip to for college students to have sex with each other. I'm not saying that he's guilty, not guilty, or whatever. It's going to come right. Out. But I'm just saying the atmosphere that it has put on college campuses, They, you literally, as a young person, have to, and especially a male, have to pull out a contract and have the partner sign it what Be, yeah. you mean to have sex with them yes because you have to have a contract that you it's almost to that point because you're I mean the the verbiage got to a point where it was um, every step you take you got to ask them if they give permission you know and things like this and you got to make sure that they're not drunk and you got to do this and you got to make that do this and do that and that and, and it is really a slippery slope that we've slid into, and it's, and it, I mean that thing that uh, that situation. I shouldn't call it a thing that happened at uh, Baylor University, which is a Christian college, mm-hmm. where they turned yeah. a blind eye and turned known sexual assault and rapists loose on their campus to play football, was unbelievable.
1: I just – are we losing our human uh, form, I guess, the only way you can put it? You're going to have to – we have separate little contracts, and that's going to be a whole lot of fun for a young man and a young woman or two young women or two young men or whatever it's going to be to have a comfortable relationship when you have to have a signed contract for each it's, particular it's, event.
4: Yeah, I mean, it's, it's not – there yet but that's where it's headed you can tell it's unbelievable you can tell by the way things are said the way things are talked about and whatnot that it's pretty much it's heading to almost a situation like that i mean consent has to be given at every supposedly from what i've seen and heard is you have to get consent just about at every step of the way well, you know, when I was a
1: young young man in my 20s or whatever, um, I didn't, you know, force myself on women. No. The, you kind of, you could tell if right. a woman wanted to be with you or not, and they could tell if you wanted to be with them or not. I, I What happened to just, I don't know. I, I This just doesn't make any sense to me. It, it seems very cold and just, ugh.
4: Well, that's part of it, but also, you know, there is the point that somebody get angry at you and all of a sudden the story can flip where it could have been a total consensual thing and all of a sudden they got a one party gets upset because uh, their friends find out that They uh, were were with this guy, and they don't like that guy. And it's just I've seen all type of situations on college campuses, and it gets rather ugly. And it gets the biggest problem, or not problem, the biggest issue was our past president, President Obama, tied uh, Title IX federal college dollars to. and put the money into the Equal Opportunity Office on every campus and basically t- tied sexual assault to that. So all college what? campuses run scared because they fear of losing their federal dollars.
1: And So that, this was done by the Obama administration? Yes, it was. So we're going to blame that on you.
4: Yeah, of course. Cheerful. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> goes, yeah, of course. No question about it. I mean, I,
4: to, I just... To the point, Tom, um, and, you know, I deal, and I work with female athletes. I will not be mm-hmm. in a room with one of them by myself without Oh, me, God, no. Uh, without there, me no, being, right. like, at the front window of my room where everybody's walking by and this, that, and you still f- don't feel safe or there's not another person in the room or, you know... You, the most you do is a high five. Maybe if you win a championship, you might hug somebody. But you, you're quick to go. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, yeah congrats, yeah, and and pull away as as quick as possible because you'd never know when. But that's the type of atmosphere that there is on comp- college campuses now.
1: Yeah, Oh and I think in the rest of the world, too. We're going to have to get to a point where due process is going to have to step in because there was just this, this, this and shotgun blast of accusations, and nobody went through due process, and we automatically assumed that everybody was guilty.
4: And, and I'm not saying they weren't guilty. Right. I don't know. But that's where uh, – that's the other shoe that drops in this scenario. You have the, you know, does it reach criminal – and a lot right. of the time it doesn't but it, it, but you don't have to reach criminal on a college campus it just has to be misconduct and if you hit the yeah. level of misconduct you can be kicked out of school you can be suspended you can it, you can thrown off a team anything can happen.
1: You know, we got gotten to the point, too, and I used to love to watch her movies. I thought she was very, very talented. But I probably will never go see a movie she's in again. Jodie Foster, you saw what she said, right? No,
4: I didn't. What did...
1: Jodie Foster said, let's be honest, pretty much every man over 30 has sexually harassed a woman. I mean, what kind of thing is that to say? What is wrong with you to say something like that?
4: Every every, every man? No, every
1: man over thirty.
4: You know, as a as a teen, a teen young teen, maybe, you know, because you whistle uh, or you give a hey, baby or something, which is yeah. which we thought were flirting, but we didn't know.
1: Right, that's very true. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family. <laughs>